Welcome to the Unified Podcast, where we talk about God, Christian culture, and life in an attempt to bring unity and maturity to the body of Christ, demystify the supernatural, and find God in the ordinary. Um, we are your co-hosts, Justin Heckel and Caleb Carpenter. How are you doing this evening, Caleb? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing great. And so in our last podcast, we talked about how it's pretty much impossible to mature without unity. And that really what unifies us is purely Christ crucified and the power of his resurrection. And so we wanted to explore the main aspects of the cross, um, many of which, even though they are central to our belief as Christians, um, we can see them as surrounded in controversy, variations of how they are carried out, and even um, immaturity due to a lack of clear teaching on some of these. And so we wanted to go after purity first. And specifically, we wanted to talk a little bit about what does purity look like? Um, so Caleb, what are some different views of purity within the church? Yeah. So I think, you know, as we go into doing purification here, you know, obviously this is like the, the foundational, one of the foundational doctrines of the church. And so the enemy likes to model things for us. And Mm. so, you know, this is like the basis of salvation. You know, when when we come into the covenant relationship, uh, he purifies us. There needs to be that purification. And so, of course, the enemy comes in there and tries to take from that. And so the first thing we see, one of the first big beliefs I see, especially because I grew up around some very religious uh, groups and people that look at it very legalistic, um, it would obviously be the legalism point of view and that is that purification is really only attained through my own efforts and that would be like i'm going to do good deeds because it's going to get me to heaven um you know i'm going to dress this way because it makes me look holy uh talk a certain way um because you know we need to outwardly look like we're purified to purify ourselves sure and i i know i've been there before Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and and you definitely get into a place uh, a lot of times with that where um, you judge others and, and not only yeah. judge others, but you judge yourself a lot then, too, because yeah. right with the measure we judge, we will be judged. So so as a right. and, us, you know, being all worship teams, you know, for both of us for together combined decades, um, you know, we see this a lot because <laughs> so many, you know, some worship leaders are up there with holy jeans and a hat. And others are, you know, in a nice shirt, dress shoes. And now there is a difference between excellence, but we're not talking about excellence. We're talking about purification. And, you know, the the way someone looks does not determine how they're purified. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. From, from our point of view. And it's like you can really beat up not only others, but yourself. Right. When you turn it into legalism and when it's all about your own efforts and you can just wear yourself out completely. Right. So then what's the other side of it? You're, you said one side can be legalism. What's the other side then on that? Well, the other side, which I guess can be a form of legalism as well, but would be uh, greasy grace, um, which would be. You know, I can sin all I want without any consequence because he already purified me. 
you know, when he died and rose from the dead, I've been washed clean. I can do whatever I want, and I know I'm going to go to heaven. Sure, sure. And I again, I think I've taken my trip down there too. I think when when I realized how legalistic I had been on one end, I think I swung completely into the other <laughs> side of the pendulum for a little while. And uh, and and I wouldn't say like I didn't think I could sin, um, but I I think I. Uh, it was something where I just had a lack of discipline for me. It was more of a lack of discipline and that when I did sin, like um, I didn't have that fervor. Like I want this out of my life. Right. Um, So I I wouldn't say so far for me personally that it, that it swung over to the side where I was like, I can do whatever I want, but I will say it went further than what I really wanted to where I was no longer disciplined and I was right. no longer, um, I, I was no longer sorrowful for sin that was in the world, which to me, I go, man, there should be a certain amount of sorrow to me when, when I know that what our savior died for and what he did on the cross, I should, uh, have a certain side of me that totally regrets allowing that into my mm-hmm. life when I claim that he's wiped it out. Right. And, you know, purification is really what allows us to access um, that relationship with him, you know, because unless we're washed clean, we can't enter into his presence. And and so, you know, I, I really like James 4, 8. It says, draw near to God. And he'll draw near to you. But there, there are conditions to it, which is to cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. And legalism and this greasy grace, I think, really could be classified as being double-minded. Our, hmm. our hearts are right in wanting to be pure. You know, our intentions are right in wanting to be pure. Because when we're faced with the glory of God, we want to be clean. Yeah. We don't want to see that we're dirty. Um, but in order for us to actually draw near to God, we need to first purify our hearts. And there's only one way that our hearts can be purified, and that's by surrendering, surrendering to Him. Yeah. And you, you pointed out, you know, that we need to be washed clean. So that cuts really well into the scripture that we wanted to read uh, for tonight. And so we're going to go to John chapter 13, verses four through 11. And for those of you who kind of know this, this is where um, Jesus washes his disciples feet. And so starting at verse four, it says, so He got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and head as well. Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, A person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. Jesus knew who would betray him. That was what he meant when he said, Not all of you are clean. And so... um, what do you really uh, catch about that scripture, Caleb? Um, Cause that, it, that, it's such a perfect picture of, 
it of, is. of what Christ has initially done, but what he continues to do. But why don't you break that down for us a little bit? Yeah, so, so first, you know, Jesus came to be a servant of all. And this is why he's washing the disciples' feet, because he's exemplifying to them that he came to serve. Uh, he came to wash us. And so, you know, as I'm, as I'm looking into this and looking to some of the uh, things, some of the views on purification we brought up, I mean, you can see this exemplified perfectly in this. Like when, when, when Peter said that you'll never wash my feet, um, this is even after Jesus just told him, you know, you don't know what I'm, gonna, what I'm doing, <laughs> but you will eventually. And Peter is just like, no. So he's pretty much denying. He's like, I don't really want to know because you'll never wash my feet. Because he feels, you know, why would you, you know, king of the universe, the creator in the form of man, wash my feet? Right. Um, and so his heart's in the right place. You know, from, from man's perspective, he's looking at Jesus as, no, like, who are you to serve me when you're the king of glory? Right. You know, you're the king of Israel. And so... But, you know, so Jesus came to serve and wash. And, you know, before we keep getting further in this, you know, all, all viewpoints always come from a point of truth. You know, there's always a piece of truth. Um, we do have to allow Jesus to wash our feet. Um, you know, the legalism says we have to do it. And we do have freedom of choice, but we don't have to wash it ourselves. We just need to come to that point where, Jesus, I will let you wash my feet. Right. You know, Come on. You know, let's not let's not be like Peter saying, you'll never wash my feet because he said, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Come on. And then I want to bring out another point that we didn't mention earlier. And I guess we've kind of termed it um, in the body of Christ, kind of like the super spiritual. You know, we always we can tend to lean this way, too, where we always over spiritualize everything. Um, when in reality, you know, the natural and the spiritual are very well connected and when Peter says, then wash my hands and head as well, not just my feet. Um, that's when we, every single day, we want the Lord to wash every part of us <laughs> and not just our feet. And this is, this is really where purification is kind of like our identity. Like the moment that we, we surrender to the Lord and we, you know, his Holy Spirit reveals to us who he is and we enter in that covenant relationship. Um, we are already purified. That is when the purification happens. He washes us clean. Um, this is the power of his resurrection and death and everything. This is when that all is applied to our life. And that is what he's talking about when bathing. And that's why we get baptized is to represent that. Right. Well, and I love, I love how it's like you've already bathed, you know, mm -hmm. which it's funny because this is before the cross, but he says you, you've already bathed, but right. it's like, at the cross, you know, at our baptism, we are bathed, but it's a matter of then we also have to let him wash our feet. Like how he says someone who's already had a bath doesn't need um, a bath again. They don't need to be washed all over. They, they just need their feet washed. And I feel like, um, you know, the two depictions kind of that kind of come to mind with that picture are on the legalism side, you kind of uh, find someone who who goes, I'm never going to go anywhere and do anything because the importance is that I stay clean. And it's like, right. that's that's not the importance. Jesus is actually the importance. And people knowing Jesus is the importance. 
And so you staying clean is not the importance. Um, that's where you have to trust him. But uh, so on the legalistic side, it's almost like I'm never going to go anywhere because I'll, my, feet, my feet will get dirty and I don't want to get dirty. And then the other side is almost like this denying that we ever get dirty. And, and it's like, you know, you can't go out and do stuff and, and, and work and not get sweaty and dirty and get your feet all dirty. If you're wearing sandals, like they would in those days, you can go out and, and not get dirty. But so the greasy gray side is almost like saying, no, 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 there's no way I've gotten dirty because, (laughs) because I've been washed by Jesus. And then the opposite side where you say the super spiritual side is, is almost like someone who refuses to ever get out of the shower. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the, the crazy thing, that's just as legalistic as the complete blatant, you know, religion. Right. Um, of the legalism and, and you know, a good way to help search ourselves, like, cause, cause we can all, we all fall prey to all this totally. all the time. And we have to really examine ourselves. And, you know, that's why the Bible tells us to be slow to speak and things, because we need to examine ourselves. You know, every single viewpoint when we're looking at purification, we have to look, are these all about me? Mm. Or is when I'm purified, is it about Christ in me? Come on. Come on. Because to me, one of the good points about letting Christ wash us it's less of a matter of saying, do I look clean? Do I whatever? But it's keeping my eyes on Jesus. And because it talks about how he stripped down and he had the towel around his waist. Well, he would have looked pretty clean at that point. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because his outer garments were off, which would have been the only thing that really got dirty. So he's looking pretty clean. And the deal is, is that as I look at Jesus, I'm able to go, oh, you are so clean. And I notice this place of, of me that does not look like you. Mm-hmm. And so it's going, okay, you go ahead and wash me and make me like you. And so it's like you're saying, it's getting our eyes off of ourselves and getting our eyes onto Jesus where they belong. Right. And you know, I mean, it's uh, you could you could easily tell when the fruits of your life start to pop up. Like I know because I've lived, you know, there, there are areas in my life I did not allow the purification of the Lord to work on me. And so there were certain areas where certain types of fruit would pop up. And I knew huh. I was making it about me. You know, <laughs> we know we know when we're making it about me. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. You see examples in, of it everywhere in the Bible where, you know, oh, I messed up. And, <laughs> and they try to hide. And it's yeah, we know. We all know. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's a matter of, um, like I said, when you keep your eyes on what is clean, right. you no- you just notice where you're not. Yeah. And it's having that humility to say, um, to acknowledge that, yeah, okay, I see that I'm, I'm not looking like you. Right. It's, it's really just having humility. And the truth is, is that that humility gives you a stability to your walk. I think a lot of times we're afraid to admit it or we're afraid to get dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, t- I guess an example that I would say is there have been guys that I've watched go into ministry who they have proper accountability over them. So they have someone to watch mm-hmm. as they're, as they're walking forward, they see um, someone more mature walking ahead of them. So they have a good picture 
to follow and someone to hold them accountable and, and wash their feet. Right. Um, so they have mm-hmm. someone to kind of be like Jesus to them. But, um, but when I would look at them, my judgmental self would say they're dirty, you know, like they're so dirty. Like, have you seen, have you seen that they sometimes talk this way or whatever? And, and I wasn't thinking ever, well, yeah, but they've been like a Christian for like a year or less or something like, you know what yeah. I mean? They were in the proper place. You know what I'm saying? It, it was appropriate. It, when, when you get um, saved, it's not like your whole life is magically looking perfect or something like that. There's a maturity walk that happens. Right. And, but I wanted to judge them, but they still went out and did ministry underneath these people that, would hold them accountable, you know, underneath mentors and the people that I watched mature the best and the fastest were actually not the people who tried to stay completely pure and make sure that like, I'm never doing anything wrong. And they were, and so I'm not going to go anywhere until I'm perfectly clean. Um, because how, when are we ever going to get there? Um, mm-hmm. and they weren't the people who would go and deny that they were clean. Those, the people who would go and, de- right. or deny that they were dirty. The people who would go and deny they were dirty typically totally demolished their own ministry. Yeah, and that's when Jesus, that would be where Jesus would say, you know, why are you casting judgment on this woman when you have a log in your own eye? Totally. You know, it, it's, it, it's, yeah. I, I mean, that's what it is. And I, I agree. And I've seen I've seen more people led to the Lord when they've seen true transformation in someone's life when they're going back into where they were. So, like, if someone was delivered from alcoholism and now they can go to the bar and minister to people and not touch a drink, then that's what's going to lead people be like, whoa, something's really going on. Totally. here. Not when this person's so snobby that he won't even look you know, at a bar or won't even look at these people or talk to these people anymore. You know, that's, that turns people away from Christ. Totally. And I'm not, I'm also not saying that God, like for a season is keeping that person out of there to protect him. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, to completely go completely to, I need to do everything I can to keep myself holy instead of just chasing after the things of the Lord, reading the word, letting him work on you. And then your life changes as a result you know, sometimes we're chasing the results more than we're chasing Christ. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and like I said, the, the, those people who would go, even though they had gotten saved, instead of mm-hmm. being concerned with how pure do I look, they said, I'm going to go. And as I go, I'm going to allow Christ to keep washing my feet as I get mm-hmm. dirty. And those are the people that I've watched mature so far, so fast. And quite frankly, it took me a little while to mm-hmm. uh, come to grips with that. Like Justin, you actually hold yourself back a lot of times because you're trying to look a certain way and you're not letting yeah. yourself go. And, and the truth is like Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you don't belong to me. You know, mm-hmm. that means you, in order to belong to him, you have to go and you have to still acknowledge where you're needing him to clean you up. Right. And, and in a lot of ways that becomes some of the biggest testimony because people watch your maturity out in public rather than you just hid away 
and you never let anybody see your you know your bad sides and your mistakes and whatever and then it's like but by the time you get somewhere all people know is you're this mature guy and i think that's where we've fallen as the church too because we have baby christians and then we have christians that have walked with god for 20 years or whatever but they don't we don't allow for this span in the middle where people go mm-hmm. are able to see like that person is you know maybe 6 months ahead of me in walking with christ i can see and and they walk similar to me but i can see where you know they still yeah they still have stuff to walk through they're not mr perfect you know we've we've missed that and but that's how a family actually is because in a family you have brothers and sisters that are older than you. And then you probably have cousins and aunts and uncles and then your parents and then your grandparents and then, you know, and so on. So it's not just one side, one end of the spectrum. And then the other, one of the best ways for the body to actually grow in maturity as the body is to see each other where we are Mm -hmm. and be, hold each other accountable and let Jesus wash our feet, but also to say, Hey, I'm not expecting you to never get dirty. I, I actually right. expect that there are going to be things where you need to still let Jesus wash your feet. Oh yeah. We're going to get dirty. I mean, that, otherwise he wouldn't have to wash our feet. Yeah. Come daily. on. And you know, we have to remember, I mean, in order for unity to happen, because obviously what we've been doing as a whole uh, hasn't been working because we have so many divisions. So we have to look, you know, we're not a cookie cutter church we're, we're an organism it's a living organism Come on. that's why the bible refers to us as a body and none of us have the full answer of anything you know there is the mystery of christ as paul called it and like i said before we could only receive his mystery or s- search out his mystery um, not just in our secret and personal place with him but in each other and yeah we just have to keep like giving each other grace, allowing for each other to grow. Cause we're not all in the same place. We're just, you know, we're all different people. We all learn differently. And even, even on the larger scale of de- denominationally, none of us can ever say without like, without a doubt that we know exactly what this is. I mean, Jesus said, you know, when Jesus would teach the people, he always said the kingdom of God is like, Totally. And he never said the kingdom of God is. He did say, I am the the way, the truth, and the life. And so he did. There were things he said about himself that were, that's it. That's the foundation because Christ is the foundation stone. But when he was giving teachings on the kingdom, for us, he always said the kingdom of God is like this. So and true. the yeah. reason is because he's speaking to us, not of himself, but of the kingdom. And we're a part of his kingdom and we all see things differently. And so the kingdom of God is like this to me may not be like that for you. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, we have to remember, you know, that person that's, you know, been saved for years and is going out getting a tattoo. That doesn't mean he's not purified. (laughs) Yeah. And doesn't mean he's not holy. I mean, I personally don't see any issues with tattoos, and some people do. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah, totally. The, The worst thing we can do is be like, is try to be like, cookie cutter, you need to be exactly like this, or you're not what Christ says about you. Absolutely. And that brings me to one more thing, is, you know, when you have to think, at the end of this John, in John 11, when it says Jesus knew who would betray him. Right. Because he did say, one of you is not clean. 
you know, I don't know what you think about this, but I think that's really sobering <laughs> because if we're sitting there being to other people, other believers and followers of Christ, you have to be this way. Exactly. Like you have to look like this. Are we like the one who's not clean? Mm. Are we betraying Jesus because we're betraying or we're really hurting somebody else? Right. Right. Or being contrary to what Christ says about them. That's so good. So, yeah, when we talk about purity, just to kind of recap, Mm -hmm. a lot of it comes down to just making sure that what we're doing is we're keeping our eyes on Jesus. We're not comparing my cleanliness to someone else's cleanliness. Mm -hmm. I'm not sitting there and saying it's all about how I look and looking at myself, but it's really about keeping our eyes on Jesus because first and foremost, he is he's everything or he, or he is nothing. And so he is everything to us as, as believers. He is the cornerstone. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so it's not about keeping our eyes on ourselves or anybody else, but it's keeping our eyes on Jesus. And then as we go, we notice, wow, this part of me still has yet to come to look like you. I just noticed this part of me doesn't look like you please wash me and make me clean. And the, the deal is, is that us looking clean, like when we think about our works, because someone will say, I'm sure someone will say, yeah, but faith without works is dead. So you do have to look that way. And because we haven't touched on that a ton yet, but the deal is that you, the way you truly believe is how you live. So the way you live shows me what you truly believe. And so if you say, I am free from this, I do expect that you are walking in a greater freedom from that drug addiction, that foul mouth, that anger issue. I do expect that you're walking in a greater level of freedom from that than you used to because you, mm-hmm. ha- you claim Jesus has set me free. Um, when people say I'm trapped in this sin or that sin, I tell them, no, you don't say that you're trapped in sin. When Jesus, when we claim that Jesus has set us free from sin, there's no good reason. There's no good excuse. So when we say that, you know, Christ has set me free from this anger issue or, or that addiction or whatever, um, that sin that you can't say we can't honestly believe that we are set free and still walk in it. If we are set free, Hmm. I expect that there is a greater level of freedom being walked in from that issue. And we can't, I don't believe in us saying, well, I'm still trapped in, you know, I'm trapped in this sin whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so I expect a greater level of freedom Hmm. And, and purity to be walked in from that issue before. Right. And so, but that manifestation of purity really only comes from us saying, Jesus, wash my feet. Otherwise, that's where, like we said before, it becomes legalism because it's based on mm-hmm. our own efforts and it's going to make me tired and it's going to make me angry and it's going to make me um, judge others as well. Right. And, you know, actually, to add on to that, you know, that verse you quoted, actually, it, it actually doesn't use the word set. Um, it actually uses the word made. Mm. So who the son makes free 
is free indeed. And so, you know, that's a process. Yeah, come on. You know, and, and I think we do in our culture, we have that instant mindset. And I'm not saying that's why we misquote that. And there are some actual, I've seen some versions of Bible do say set, but most of the traditional ones and the closer Hebrew ones, it is sure. made. And it's that process. And exactly like you're talking about, you know, you know, I, I suffered with, I was bound to pornography for half of my life and it was a process. And when, when I finally came to that place where, no, I really need you to purify me of this and my desire and my focus was on him and not me, myself trying to fix me. Um, that was when that making process was able to happen where, where whenever I might've seen something in my day or I might've done this, you know, the Lord was able to wash my feet. Absolutely. That. Um, it wasn't, Oh, I'm going to do this. And then, Oh, but you know, I sinned, but the consequence of sin is null and void. So I can just keep <laughs> right, it. Right. And you know, it, uh, you have to actually allow the Lord to make you free. Yeah, and we have to allow the Lord to make other people free. And I was actually just trying to find the verse, and I, I couldn't find it. But I, I think it's in Ephesians where he's talking about edifying the body of Christ, edifying each other. Sure. You know, I mean, that's that's really solely what we're supposed to do with each other, is to is to help each other pursue Christ to our fullest, not judge each other, not pull each other down. Because actually, it do, the Bible does say if we pull each other down, where it's like, we are, it's actually a form of antichrist where we're literally coming against the person of Jesus Christ by tearing down his own body. And so it's very sobering. And so we need to, you know, this is serious and out, we need to live a life of love towards each other that if, if one of us slips up, we go to that person and try to restore them and not judge them. Absolutely. Jesus is the ultimate judge. And in the end, he will judge. So we can't sit there and say, your heart is like this, because we don't know. Right. We're only called to edify one another in the things of God. You know, if you if God is calling you to something, then I want to edify you to that. Come on. That's so good. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, no matter what application it is, if someone feels you just edify them in the Lord. And it's easy. I do it all the time to people in my day. And you know, it makes me feel good at the end of the day, too, because it's like, yeah, this is this is how we help feed each other and push each other into a deeper relationship. That's so good, man. So good, mm -hmm. Caleb. Well, hey, I think um, this is a good place for us to wrap it up. You want to pray for us? Yeah, Justin? absolutely. Father God, I just praise you for um, the opportunity for all of us to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ as your body. And I just thank you for the gift that you give us of purifying us. And Father God, I just ask that as we come to you, that we realize first that you have made us clean. That secondly, you that we allow you to wash our feet where we notice that we don't look like you. And that when we uh, let you wash our feet, we go out and we continue doing your work. And whenever we get dirty, whenever we notice, hey, this part of me doesn't quite look like Jesus, we say, Jesus, would you just make me clean? And as we do that, that we continue to just walk that process out and manifest the purity of Christ in our lives, that others would see it and turn to you, that others would see it and know that we are children of God. Father, I, I just praise you as you are bringing us more into a place of unity, I believe, than has ever been before with this, where we aren't so judgmental of each other, 
but where we also have the boldness to say, Father, I love my brother and sister. And so I'm not going, I'm, I'm going to continually try to edify them into the things of Christ, into looking like Christ. And um, so that we're bold enough to tell them, but we also have the grace um, to not be judgmental about it. Father God, I just praise you um, for the conversations we get to have. Just bless us all as we go on with our week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for the talk again, Caleb. I always love it. Thank you. As you go on with your week, get unified, stay unified. Blessings.